Good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you today. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors on the team. It's good to see you. Hey, Steve, how you doing, man? Right. Uh, hey, is it cold in here? I'm a little cold in here. So uh, I don't know why I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt on a January day when it's colder in here than it is outside. But I'm going to be moving around on the stage a lot just to, you know, stay alive. And uh, if if you see a neighbor of yours uh, nodding off, please wake them. It might be the first stage of hypothermia, and we want to keep everyone doing well today. Uh, you might want to grab your notes out of your handout. We're jumping into a new series today. It's going to, a couple weeks we're going to be in it. It's called Show Up. I'm very, very excited because I really get the sense that it's what God is calling us to as a church. And in many ways, we've already been on this journey, but I'm very, very excited to see what God has in store for us. A few ways we're going to talk about showing up over, like, uh, over the course of this year, 2017. We want to show up with our head. That's what I'm going to talk about today, our perspective, the mentality that we need to have, the example that we need to follow, kind of bringing this along with us. We want to show up with our hands. We want to be willing to do acts of service, acts of kindness, acts of blessing. We want to show up with our feet. In other words, we want to be able to follow where it is that God is leading us, that he's calling us to show up. And lastly, we want to show up with our heart. That has to do with our attitude, with the uh, compassion that, that we want to embrace as we show up, as we uh, seek to be a blessing in this world. I have no idea exactly the adventure that God has in store for us, but I know this is how we are ready, we, we are able to grab a hold of as much of that opportunity, as much of that adventure as we possibly can. So very, very excited about this series called Show Up. But a few things we need to get kind of straight just before we jump in to this concept. The first is what showing up is not. So if you're filling in the blanks, first few things kind of remove some of the myth about this. Showing up is not based on age. So it's not based on age at all. In other words, you're never too young to show up. And there is no expiration date in the kingdom of God, right? That, that God is not at all concerned with how old you are or are not. That, that's not even a consideration for him. It has nothing to do with what opportunity, what adventure it is that God has in store for each and every one of us. And so the scripture says this. The scripture says in 1 Timothy 4.12, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. And if that doesn't apply to you, just on the parentheses above it, write old, right? Don't let anyone think less of you because you're old or you're young, right? This is not based on age. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Okay, so that's the challenge. The challenge is that we live in this way, that we, that we show up and, and not disqualify ourselves because of whatever age we happen to be at right now. You are the perfect age to show up where God is calling you to show up this year. The absolute perfect age to embrace the opportunities that God has in store for you. I want you to remember, David was a teenager when God used him to take the battlefield against a giant named Goliath. I want you to remember that Daniel was in his 80s when he stood up to unjust rules and was punished for it and was thrown into the lion's den. 
And what this says to me is that God can use us right now, no matter how old we are, to make a difference for his kingdom. That, that we show up, and showing up is not based on age. The second fill in there, showing up is not based on looks. It's not based on how we look. It's not based on our level of attractiveness. Um, there's this weird cultural pressure in America today. It's an obsession with celebrity, and it has to do with the, the, this kind of unspoken, these unspoken rules that say if, if a person happens to have a lot of physical attractiveness, then somehow their opinion matters more. Then somehow the, the camera should follow them more. Then somehow the things that they do matter more. And, and it, it, first off, it's just not true. But secondly, many of us, we might disqualify ourselves because we think, oh, we're not that good looking. Here, here's the truth. God thinks you're beautiful. God thinks you are absolutely beautiful. To him, you, you are a thing, uh, you're a masterpiece. You're, you're crafted in his image. You are so, so beautiful. So, so we need to get sort of out of the way of ourselves on this issue. And, and, and one of the things that God has done for us when he sent his son Jesus is he made sure to just take that whole physical attractiveness thing off the table. He wanted to make sure that, that Jesus didn't have this, you know, some, this glorious, uh, you know, Brad Pitt-esque kind of uh, vibe so that people would be drawn to him because of physical attractiveness. No, the, the way in which Jesus was attractive, he was incredibly attractive, but it had nothing to do with his appearance. So look, look what it says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2. It's talking about Jesus. He, Jesus, grew up before him like a tender shoot. And like a root out of dry ground, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. So in other words, it wasn't like he just strolled into town, he's the best looking guy anyone ever saw, and that's why the crowds flocked to him. No, no, he strolled into town and there was an attractiveness to him, but it was a spiritual attractiveness. Had nothing to do with his looks, had everything to do with who he was, how he carried himself, how he brought glory to God. It was incredibly attractive, and that's what you and I can embrace when we show up. Showing up is not based on our age. Showing up is not based on our looks. And the third fill in here, showing up is not based on our finances. And again, uh, th there's an incredible cultural deference regarding finances. There's this unspoken thing that says, if you have money, then you must be smart. Then your opinion must matter more. Then let's give you all kinds of leadership opportunities. If you figured out this one thing, how to make money, then we'll listen to you about all these other things. And, and again, it's, it's not what's important to God. This is not a part of God's economy. In fact, Jesus makes it real, real clear. It's not about the dollar amount. It's not about the amount of resources. What's, what's, what's important to Jesus is sort of the percentage of our resources we're willing to give to the kingdom of God. The percentage of our time, talent, treasure, the amount of our hearts we're willing to offer. It's not how rich you are. It's how rich toward God you are. And so this, this example in, this, in the scripture I'm going to read, it's when Jesus and his disciples, they're looking at all the gifts that are being given in the temple, and Jesus points out and highlights a, a widow who gives two small coins. 
Everyone else is given, you know, massive amounts. These, you know, gold, you know, vases and gold, are there gold vases? I don't know. Uh, gold, uh, you know, things, uh, you know, money things. I, I, I have no idea. They're given a lot of, lot of stuff. Uh, and, and then this widow puts in two small coins and Jesus highlights her. Right? He honors and affirms her in front of the disciples. Jesus calls his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. You see, Jesus said, look, look, she's the one who has showed up here. It's not based on finances. It's based on the amount of our hearts, the amount of our time, talent, treasure we're willing to offer to the Lord to be used for his kingdom. And we just have to start here by way of introduction to this whole series, by way of introduction today, to kind of debunk the celebrity cult that exists in America today, that, that you don't have to be young and powerful or, you know, or old and wise, that, that's not based on your age at all. Right now, you're the perfect age to say yes to the opportunities that God's offering you to show up. Uh, it's not based on, on how you look, your physical appearance, your outward appearance. God thinks you're beautiful already, but for him it's about the inward appearance, right? It's, it's about how we, care, we carry ourselves and the spiritual attractiveness that we have as we show up. And lastly, it's not based on our finances, but it's based on, on the resources and the amount of our hearts and our lives we're willing to offer God to be used for his kingdom. So, so that's some of the things that showing up is not based on, but there is a mentality that is required. And so if you're filling in the blank, showing up is based on serving rather than being served. It's based on serving rather than being served. And, and it's difficult because naturally we end up in a, in a fairly selfish place. We end up in a fairly, fairly self-interested kind of a perspective. Our, our brains often go to the question, how can I benefit from this? How can my family benefit from this? Uh, yeah, I might be willing to X, Y, and Z, but I need to understand what's, what's going to be the payoff for me. And, and I just, we just need to understand that and, and try to get our minds into this place that Jesus is inviting us into. I want to I focus on Peter for a moment, and I just have to tell you, I love Peter. So if you ever think that I'm just running Peter down or, or that we like to make fun of Peter at Overlake, we do like to make fun of Peter at Overlake because it feels like we're making fun of ourselves. I see, I see myself in Peter all the time, and especially in this, in this phrase right here, in Matthew 19, 27. Then Peter said to Jesus, right, to him, we've given up everything to follow you. What will we get out of it? I love it, right? I love Peter because he's, he's always halfway there. He always like, he's halfway right. He's halfway in. And, and it's just, oh, I, I love you because you're me. It's like, he's like, he gets sacrificed. He gives generosity. He gives, you know, a wholehearted love toward Jesus and toward God's kingdom. We've left everything, he says, to follow you. And then the follow-up. So what do we get out of it? And then it goes right back into that very natural, self-interested, I need to receive. If I give up a house, I need to get a house. If I give up this money, I need to receive this money. If I give up this, it's like, where's the formula here, Jesus? And Jesus, he's not like that. 
Jesus, he, he wants us to get to this place where, where he sets the example for us in showing up and in serving and sacrificing. And, and, and then he wants us to get to the place where that really is the heart-pounding, risk-taking, adventure-seeking faith journey that we get to take when we step up and show up. That in itself is the great payoff, right? The walking and journeying in this lifetime through the adventure that Jesus is leading us on, that is the payoff for all of this stuff. So, so what we have to do, and the challenge for this new year, is we have to show up with our head. Okay, that's what we're talking about today. Showing up with our head, and you might want to write down in the sort of the blank there, it's, it's showing up with a perspective that Jesus wants us to have. It's showing up with the mentality that Jesus is urging us to have. It's, it's, it's getting this in the right spot so that we can show up ready to be a blessing, ready to serve. And, and there are a few things that we need to bring in addition to our presence. I do want you to know, showing up just physically, showing up with your presence it's a part of it for sure. And, and your presence can be very, very powerful and can communicate powerfully. So yes, it's showing up with our presence, but it's showing up with more than just our physical presence. And so there's a few things we need to embrace if we're going to show up with our head. And the first is we need to be ready. We need to be ready. We need to understand that Jesus has an incredible 2017 in front of us. It is filled with adventure. It's filled with purposeful moments. It's, it's filled with incredible divine encounters. It's filled with glimpses of eternity. Jesus has all of this ahead of us in this year if we're ready. The problem is if we're not ready, so often a moment will just pass us by and we'll miss it. We'll miss the invitation. We'll miss the, the, the God moment that he has prepared for us if we're not ready. So I want us to get ready. And in order for us to get ready, I put together a top 10 list. And like most of my top 10 lists are only nine items. So if you want to write these down, if you want to just kind of prep these, these are nine things we can do to prepare our readiness for 2017. Nine items that require no talent, okay? So that means anyone can do it. If it requires no talent, no special skill, that means all of us can embrace these nine things. Number one, being on time requires no talent. And right away, some of you are feeling uncomfortable being on time. Some of you, you need to be told that there is an 11 a.m. service on Sunday morning. Some of you thought it was like 11.25. It's 11, like this is, and you're like, whoa, pastor's right up in my face already. Look, I'm just saying that being on time, and I don't, it's not about being on time at church. It's about being on time because when you're on time, you communicate something powerful. You communicate priority when you show up on time. You show up on time to pick up your kids. You're communicating their value to you. You show up on time to, to your job. You show up on time to class. You show up on time. When you say you're going to meet a friend, you meet a friend at that time. When you show up on time, you communicate value. And again, it doesn't require talent. It just requires what? This readiness, this, this space mentally to be on time. Number two, the second item is that you, uh, there's a work ethic 
that we can embrace. This work ethic of dependability, of follow through, work ethic of consistency. You are a person that can be counted on, right? And again, does not require talent. It just requires a commitment. Number three, effort. Effort is the willingness to work both long and hard. Long and hard. It doesn't mean you're always working extra long and hard. It doesn't mean that that's something that every, you know, you have to do that and nobody else does in your workplace or what. But just you're willing. You're willing to do what it takes, right? You're willing to put in the effort. Number four, body language. Being aware of your body language. Many of you already know this, but body language makes up 55% of communication. 55% of it is body language, and then some, somewhere around the, like, 30-some percent of it is all tone. And so, like, the verbal part of communication is really, really small. It's the rest, which I don't know. I'm not good at math. So, but 55%, so your body language, your eye contact, your leaning in, your active listening, these things communicate incredible value, right? You're ready to seize a moment when you're leaning in, when your body language says, I'm here, I'm showing up. Next one, number five, energy. The, the excitement that you bring, right? Your energy level for whatever it is, the, the task at hand or the situation that you find yourself in, being energetic, being excited. Number six, your attitude, your attitude of kindness, your attitude of, of uh, courtesy, your attitude of positivity, the way that you bring this attitude in. Again, this is what makes us attractive. Does it require talent to be like this? No. It just requires a commitment to embrace this attitude. Uh, number seven, passion. This is your deep appreciation and zeal for life and for Jesus, and for your life with him. Number eight, the idea of being coachable, that you would be humble, that you would be willing and ready to learn, that you might seek out mentors in your life, this idea of being coachable, incredibly, incredibly important. And number nine, doing the extra thing, dotting the I, crossing the T, making sure you, you cross the finish line well, that you finish the project, that you wrap up the task, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a concept that was written about in a book called Leaders Eat Last. And it's that willingness to make sure that everything's taken care of before you call it quits, before you go ahead and refresh yourself, that you do the extra thing, you get the side work done before the shift is over. And again, I would say that these things take no talent, but they do take forethought. They take buy-in right now when you're just sitting here and we're talking about this stuff. It, they take buy-in now so that we become people who are ready to embrace these things because we want to be ready. We don't want to miss out on the opportunities that Jesus is inviting us into in this next year. So be ready. And the next fill-in, very similar, uh, it's be prepared. Just a little bit different. Be ready, be prepared. This one comes right out of the Boy Scout manual that we are prepared, that, that we have actually taken stock in some things, that we have actually put some tools in place so that we are prepared for the things that Jesus has in store for us. Specifically, we want to be prepared with, uh, with our attitude. We want to be prepared with a little bit of, of thinking through how we are a blessing in a certain situation how we are going to be a servant heart in this context, what it's going to take for us to, to take a conversation in a spiritual direction. These things require a bit of preparation. 
I'll read you a scripture from 1 Peter 3.15. This is from the message paraphrase. It says, through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ your master. Be ready to speak up. Many of your, uh, many of your translations say, uh, be prepared to give an answer here. Be prepared to speak up and tell anyone who asks you why you're living the way you are and always with the utmost courtesy. There's the attitude, courtesy. So this is how we get prepared. We prepare ourselves by adoring Jesus as our practice, as our default. We're prepared by keeping our hearts at attention, paying attention to what it is that he's orchestrating in our days, in our contexts. Be prepared to have an answer for people who ask why you live like this. That you're prepared to take the conversation in a spiritual direction and think through in advance what it is that you're going to do, how you're going to respond when you sense that Jesus is inviting you to show up. Show up. So you're ready, you're prepared. That next fill-in is be filled. Be filled. And specifically, I'm talking about being filled with God's spirit. Being filled with his energy, his, his fire, the Holy Spirit's fire. And you know what it's like when you show up and you're not filled. When you physically show up, but you're really not showing up. Uh, if, if you've ever been a teacher, you've ever been in a teaching context, you know what it's like to be a teacher and your students are there physically in front of you, but they really haven't shown up that day. Right? You know that. Or if you're a sports fan, you know what it's like when you go to watch your team play a game and they're physically on the field, but they really didn't show up for the game. Right? You could tell they're there, but what'd you say, Cardinals? The Cardinals, right, right. Uh. Oh, just cover, cover them with the blessing. By the way, the Seahawks showed up last night. They showed up. Yeah, and if they keep showing up like that, watch out. I mean, that's the whole difference, right? When you show up, there's this incredible result. I'll tell you a story, and I'm not trying to t totally out my buddy. It's a guy that I love. I loved him when I was a youth pastor 15 years ago. This was a, a kid in my youth group named Joey. I love Joey. I loved him then, love him now, and he's an adult now. It's 15 years later. But uh, the, the interesting thing is we did a mission trip down to Mexicali, Mexico. We took hundreds of students from our church down in Southern California, go across the border, and I had like a, a, a team that I was working with, team of high school students in my village, and it was incredible. And, and you might imagine, it, it was not like the best, most uh, encouraging situation to serve in. It was really hot under the Mexican sun, and we were camping out all week, limited showers, horrible camp food. I mean, there, was, there were a lot of things sort of against us. But everyone on my team stepped up, right? They all showed up. They rose to the challenge, and it was wonderful. Everybody on the team rose to the challenge, except for Joey. Now, he was physically present, but he never showed up. And so we'd all pull into our village, and we'd all pile out of the vans. We'd go run and find the kids, start our vacation Bible camp. I'd look around. I'd do the count. Everyone was there. Where was Joey? Oh, he's in the van taking a nap. Oh, we're getting ready for the pinata. We're starting to put the candy in the pinata. There's a bag of candy missing. Where? Oh, Joey had eaten the bag of candy in the van, which caused him to take a nap, you know. And it's just again and again and again, you'd be looking for him, and he just wasn't there. He, he, he was there physically, but he never showed up. 
And that's a challenge, right? That, that, you know what that looks like. And so what you need, the antidote for this is to invite the Spirit of God and, and invite God to just fill you with his presence. It's one of those incredible things that, that we get the, the incredible honor to have the God of the universe reside within us, with us. And, and, and it's just this amazing thing that we, we get to invite him to fill our lives with his creativity, with his passion, that we invite him to, to give us his thoughts so that we can see things with his perspective. And, and these are, if you, if you saw my prayer journal this week, this is how I want to start the year. I'm asking God every day, would you, would you fill me in this way? Would you, would you give me your thoughts? Give me your creativity. Give me your passion. It's a great way to start 2017. But the Bible also says that we have the ability to stifle the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have the ability to put a lid on God's influence in us. And that's why the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5, do not quench the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. Don't stifle Him. Don't don't try to put out that flame. No, instead, ask Him to empower us. Ask Him to energize us. Ask Him to lead us and to guide us. And and there's a word that we use all the time. It's a word, enthusiasm. We use this word, enthusiasm, but I don't think we think about where it comes from. It comes from two Greek words, in theos. In theos, it means God in us, us in God. And then when we have God in us and us in God, we are enthused to live the life, to say yes to the opportunities that God is bringing us. So, We show up ready, we show up prepared, we show up filled with God's spirit, and when we do, watch out. An unstoppable force is being unleashed, okay? Now, when we play small, when we don't take risks, and when we aren't available to engage others, we're not showing up. Unfortunately, we all have experience doing those things. We all have experience not taking advantage of the opportunity, the situation that Jesus is inviting us into. And we know what it's like to feel tired or to feel spent. We all have days when we just barely survive the tasks of the day. At the end of the day, we come home and, we're, and we just, we got nothing left. And then we, you know, we can't celebrate the day maybe with our children uh, if they, as they want to celebrate. We, we don't have enough to celebrate with our spouse or with our friends. And, and yet that's an opportunity that we have to show up. What it means is we have to say no to something so that we can have this bandwidth, right, so we can be ready and prepared and filled so that we can show up when God gives us the moment. Now, we all know what it's like to invite somebody to an event or to invite them over to our house or to invite them to to something that we're we're doing. and, And as we even give the invitation, we know there's only about a 20% chance they're going to say yes. Or even if they say, yeah, yeah, that sounds great, we know just in the back of our heads, I don't really think that's a yes. In fact, let me just tell you what this is called. This is called the Seattle no. <laughs> All right, and you've been around for a while in Seattle, you know that Seattleites, we, the Seattleites don't like to decline invitations. So, um, so we have this passive way of opting out of things. If we say, oh, wow, that sounds great. Let me check my calendar. That's a Seattle no, okay? If we say, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a Seattle no. 
If, if they go, hmm, yeah, I, I'll think about it. That's actually a clear no. That's, a, that's as clear of a no as you'll ever get in Seattle. He, here's what Seattleites don't say. You know what they never say? They never say, nah, that sounds boring and I'm too lazy. Keep us guessing. That's, 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 what, that's always happening. And again, I'm not trying to put pressure on anybody to say yes to everything. There's no way we can say yes to everything. That's not what I'm arguing for. Here's what I'm arguing for. What you show up for, show up for. Like what you're doing, do it. That, that, that where you are, be there. That, 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 that there are all kinds of opportunities, all kinds of hidden treasures, all kinds of, of divine moments that God has scattered all the way through this year for you and for me. Let's show up for those things. Let's show up to serve. Let's show up to be a blessing. Let's show up for a divine encounter. Wherever you are, right, whatever you show up for, show up with all of this. Right? Show up with this perspective. Here's the fill-in. Showing up really is a combination of being ready, prepared, and filled. Ready, prepared, and filled. And I know that you and I, we look at somebody else who seems really good at showing up like this, and we say something like, well, it must be easy for him. It must be easy for her. That's a myth. It's a myth. You know what they've done? They've worked really hard at being ready, prepared, and filled because they've prioritized it. They know this is important. They know this is the best life possible. They know this is how to seize the adventure that God has for us. So they put in the time and the work. And over like, this is our challenge. This is what we need to do, right? And if we don't get this idea of showing up in order to serve, of showing up in order to bless, then we really will miss out. We really can't ride the ride. It's like that ride at, uh, you know, the line that says, you must be this tall to ride, Gandalf says, you, or you shall not pass, or you, sh you know, depending on how tall. Like, the, uh, the, the idea is if we don't understand that it's about serving, if we don't understand that it's about blessing, it's about being present in the moment so that we can have uh, an experience of God's kingdom, then we miss it. And you might say, well, pastor, why? Why do I need to show up? Why, why is this going to be something that, that's a priority for my life? And, and here's the, the short answer. We show up because Jesus showed up. We show up because that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. And I'll just share a few stories from the life of Jesus, you know, Jesus showed up at his friends, Mary and Martha's house, and he showed up so that he could bring comfort to them and so that he could raise their brother Lazarus from the dead. And that experience transformed that entire community because Jesus showed up. Now, Jesus, he showed up at Peter, the disciple's house, and he healed Peter's mother-in-law, despite the fact that we don't have any documentation of whether Peter even liked his mother-in-law, right? <laughs> but he showed up and he transformed that scenario with his healing. We know that, that, that Jesus did this often, that, that he showed up at the wedding in Cana. And they had run out of wine, and, and so he, he looked at the host, and, he, and he, you know, he's talking to his mom. His mom says, hey, you need to do something. And, 
And so he, he, even though it wasn't the right time for him, even though he hadn't planned on using this experience as an opportunity to reveal God's glory, but instead he transformed that water into wine, and he honored the host, and he honored the bride and groom, and he, and he displayed God's pleasure over that scenario. And it was transformative. It was powerful because he showed up. You know, Jesus showed up in Jericho, and and, he, and he, he looked up in the tree, and he saw Zacchaeus, this, this little guy, that climbed up in the tree in order to see Jesus. And so Jesus invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house. They hung out all that day, despite the fact that Jesus knew it would probably cause grumbling throughout the town and district, despite the fact that Jesus knew his motives would probably be called into question, and yet and he went ahead, he showed up anyway, and there was transformation that happened out of that experience. You know what, it would have been really easy for us to imagine that Jesus had been walking a long day and his feet were kind of tired and the sun was hot in Israel and, and, and he just kind of had that, that walking in the sun headache and he walks into Jericho and he looks up in the tree and he sees the, you know, little Zach up there and he's like, you know what, Peter, snap a photo of that guy. Let's put him on our Instagram feed. Now let's go get some couscous. My feet are killing me. You could imagine that, that, that would be, you know, and that, that would be the end of the story. And then no transformation for Zacchaeus. No restoration of all the taxes that he had built the people out of. And the, the whole region was transformed because Jesus showed up. And I'm so glad he did. You know, Jesus showed up for the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. You might know this story from John 8 where... She, you know, she had been caught in the act of adultery. It does take two to adult, by the way, but the guy wasn't there. It was just the girl, just the woman. She had been brought in front of a crowd of angry men and Pharisees and, and people who wanted to exact the full measure of law, the full letter of law against the adulteress. And, and the full measure of law allowed them to pick up rocks and to stone her to death. And, and so they, they had her there and, and they wanted to trap Jesus. They wanted to kind of catch him theologically. And so they said, hey, what should we do with this woman? You know, the law says we should stone her. And Jesus said, all right, go ahead. You guys can, can throw rocks at her till she's dead, but let the first rock that flies be thrown from the hand of the one who has never sinned. And then he kneeled down in the dirt and he started to write some stuff in the, in the sand there. The Bible doesn't say what it was that he wrote, but I have a theory. I think he started to list sins and then draw arrows to the people who had committed them. <laughs> they were greed and lust and envy and vanity and you don't want to know what this guy did last Tuesday. And, and you know, one by one, they dropped their rocks and they all walked away. And then Jesus the only one who had never sinned displays his grace to her. The only one who, who actually had the right to throw the stone of judgment chose not to condemn. But he loved her. And he did challenge her. He said, you know, this road is a road that leads to all kinds of pain. Why don't you leave this road and live free? And he brought transformation to her and to us.
thousands of years later. See, I'm so glad that Jesus showed up. I'm so glad that this was a priority to Jesus, that, that he set this example for us. Jesus showed up in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he prayed so intently that he sweat drops of blood because he knew the, the suffering. He knew the persecution that lay ahead of him, but he showed up anyway. And then just a few moments later, when, when one of the guards there that had come to arrest him had his ear chopped off, Jesus showed up and he healed that man. He healed his enemy, healed the one that was going to arrest him. He showed up. Transformation happened. And then, of course, Jesus showed up on the cross. He showed up in this ultimate sacrifice. He showed up to lay his life down so that you and I could have life. He showed up to take the weight of all of our sin and all of our, our shame and, and the stain of everything that we've ever done that causes us guilt. Everything we've ever done that's caused us embarrassment. Everything we've ever done that's, that's hurt us, that's wounded our own hearts or wounded someone else. Jesus took it all on himself on the cross. He showed up. Transformation happened. And the reason why we show up is because Jesus showed up first. The reason why we show up is because Jesus sets the example of what showing up looks like. And so we follow his example. We show up. And there's a question on your notes, and it's a question I hope lingers with us, not only this week, but, but in the weeks to come, and even this entire year. And the question is, how can I showcase the glory of God? How can I display God's love in this situation? How can I reveal God's grace in this scenario? How can I show up and, and, and give a testimony to how good Jesus is right here? You see, it's a, it's a challenge for us, and it's, it's a challenge that I think makes all the difference in terms of how it is that we approach 2017. It, it, it's a question that we can ask again and again and again. As you head to work, ask this question. How can I showcase God's glory with my work group? How can I showcase God's glory in this office? How can I showcase God's glory with my customers? If you're going to class, how can I showcase God's glory with my classmates? How, how can I display God's glory when I'm meeting with my neighbors? How can I put on God's glory when I'm going, you know, to the, to the barista, when I'm going to the, to, to the grocery store? Wherever it is that I'm going in my life, how can I showcase God's glory? Because when we're ready, when we're prepared, when we're filled, we will have all kinds of adventuresome moments laid out before us. Why do we do it? We show up because Jesus showed up. And aren't you glad he did? Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes and let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do want to say thank you. Thank you for showing up again and again and again. And as we look through the Gospels, as we read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we, we see example after example after example in the pages of our Bible 
of how you showed up again and again, and the result of you showing up was transformation. And not only that, but Jesus, we could give testimony after testimony here of how you've shown up for us, how you've shown up in our lives, how you've brought your grace and your love, how you've uh, released your power for our our behalf. And, And we are so thankful for your salvation. We're so thankful that you've showed up for us personally. But right now, Jesus, we ask that you would show us how we can show up, how, how we can show up and be ready and prepared, how we can be filled with your Holy Spirit, because we want to mine the hidden treasures that you have for us. We want to experience the full measure of life and adventure that you have laid out before us in 2017. We want to see your kingdom come in more ways, in rich ways, in powerful ways, And we're so thankful that you're inviting us to be a part. So we love you, Jesus, and we ask that you would show us how. Give us the courage to say yes to you. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Mm